a, a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. Down, down, down the sideline. Into the end zone. From the offseason to the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step, step with your host, Sean Morash. All right, welcome into One Giant Step, an offseason preview edition and a recap to a coaching edition. I am your host, Sean Morash, joined by our young up-and-comer Bryce Gelman, who joined us throughout the year. The season is over, Bryce. Once and for all, the Giants are not playing this weekend like they were a year ago versus the Minnesota Vikings, and that's okay. I came to grips with that weeks ago, and that is okay. The Giants also, by virtue of the end of that year, are picking sixth, or the end of this year, picking sixth overall, which if you're in team quarterback, which we will do plenty of in the offseason, some maneuvering likely has to be done. But it was a busy week of Giants news since our final game in which the Giants crushed the Philadelphia Eagles, crushed them to the point the Eagles said no mas and called out their starters. Part of me felt good about it, but, eh, you know, whatever. In in the end, the Giants only lost one position in draft position, so I guess I feel better about it than I otherwise would have. Okay, so Wink Martindale is out as D.C. in a weird twist where apparently he stormed out, according to Paul Schwartz's report, uh, after the Giants fired Drew and Kevin Wilkins, Wink's guys from Baltimore that he brought over. Uh, you know, I could get into what I thought was a little bit slimy by Dable and Shane, not firing Drew and Kevin Wilkins at the same timeline. They fired Bobby Johnson and Thomas McGahee before that 8.30 a.m. presser on Monday. Kind of thought they knew they were going to expect Wink to fly off the handle, and he did. But in the end, uh, Bryce, loss for the Giants, ultimately losing Wink Martindale. Bottom line, the fact that these two couldn't get it together. Also, win for Wink Martindale that, he basically gets what he wants, which I, you know, I can only presume is he can go wherever he wants, whenever he wants. And the Giants basically ripped the bandaid off, said not worth it. You know, Wick Martindale comes back as saying Eagles defensive coordinator next year. I, it just kind of feels like this was bad business by the Giants overall. I think it hurt when it happened a lot more than it hurts right now. Because when you when you take a step back and look at what the defense was, yes, it was the best facet of the Giants team, of course. By far, it wasn't even close. But the defense was bottom half of the league, bottom 10 in the league, in pass defense, rush defense, overall defense. The one thing that they did better than any other team in the league is takeaways. And the year before, yeah. they weren't top 10, top 12, even top 20 in takeaways. So yes, he was a good defensive coordinator. Yes, the guys played hard for him. But do you think that the Giants won't be able to find as good of a replacement? I I think that they will. I think that they'll find someone, whoever it may be. I mean, there's some options out there, but I don't want this turmoil affecting the team going forward. So it wasn't going to work if the Jay Glazer report was true. This would have impacted the team going forward for the next year. Wink was only, I mean, he was owed $3 million this one extra year. There's no way he was staying past that. I wish he stayed, but it's good to finally get past this and move on because as of right now, it was only negatively impacting the team. And it's still really, that's the only impact it has. Yeah. And I guess two things are true in this case. This clearly was a move that had to happen. If it was that, you know, ripple effect. And there's so many different mixed reports and who knows who's leaking what, if Wink Martindale and the Wilkins bros were really undercutting and running their own thing and not collaborating with Dable, that's a problem. Also, Bobby Johnson was out as the Giants offensive line coach, rightfully so, right? The Giants offensive line and the development of Evan Neal, like that was such a critical job. That was a right-hand man of Brian Dable, which when you become a head coach and you're not a coordinator anymore, as Brian Dable became, 
you know, that's a really tough part of the business. If you bring friends with you and they're not performing, you know, ultimately you have to make that decision. So the fact that he could make that decision and Wink Martindale was not above letting his guys go does make Wink look bad. However, I've seen a lot of people, whether they tweet, react, oh, you know, it wasn't like Wink Martindale was Buddy Ryan. I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback this thing. We all love Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator. He was a damn good defensive coach. I am not going to plant my flag so quick to say is that, you know, it won't be that big a loss. I think it will be a big loss. And frankly, I'm sure this happens in inverse, and maybe I'm just thinking about this from a negative point of view. Man, every time these teams that go deep into the playoff runs or, you know, go to Super Bowls and they lose their coordinators, look at the Eagles this year, uh, two head coaching jobs. A lot of times those units take a step back for a year. And it just very much worries me from a giant point of view that your strength, while the offense continues to scuffle and who knows, and you know, the answers will be about quarterback and what's next for the offense will be answered down the road. I, I just, I don't think this team could afford for the defense to take a major step back schematically next year. So we'll see who they hire, you know, and we'll do another podcast when they hire somebody and I'm sure I'll, I'll rally and get behind, but overall, man, this is just a tough pill to swallow, especially especially because they started that press conference at 8.30 on Monday morning with, yeah, we expect Kafka and Wink Martindale to be gone. It was just a tease I thought handled poorly on all accounts. And, yeah, Wink now seems like a hard guy to work with, but it did come across, I'm sorry, really one of the first negatives I have to own for Brian Dable that they made sure to run out there at 8.30 in the morning before firing those other two guys under Wink's staff. I just... That's the way I feel. I think that's a tough pill to swallow, but the defensive coordinator searches on. As a tie-in to that, Bryce, um, we're not going to spend much time on this podcast, this little reactionary podcast on Saquon, because I feel like there's going to be a time and place where we basically do a half an hour on Saquon, whether he's returning or leaving in general. Uh, But Giants, I guess top free agent number two is going to be Xavier McKinney. And now there's a report that comes out. McKinney had a really good year at safety. I don't mind a guy having some arrogance and he has said, basically he thinks he's the best to do it out there. And you know, let's calm down again. You're not Troy Palomalu, Xavier McKinney, but he apparently would not have been open to re-signing with the giants had Wink Martindale returned. Now, before I get your reaction on that, I just want to like, for anybody who hasn't followed the breadcrumbs of this, when the Joe judge era ended and then Patrick Graham evidently, or eventually did not come back and the giants went with Wink Martindale. Graham didn't want to take the job. McKinney kind of trashed that coaching staff on the way out unnecessarily because Patrick Graham got a lot of good out of Xavier McKinney to start his career. Now to hear this come out that he wouldn't have come back with Wink Martindale, maybe him and Wink butted heads. But I also now have a track record of McKinney saying a lot of dumb things and throwing two defensive coordinators under the bus when they're on the way out the door. I got to be honest with you, Bryce, as it stands right now, if the Giants sign McKinney to a price they feel is fair, fine. I think he's an excellent football player. If Xavier McKinney is not a Giant next year, I'm also A-OK because it feels like he just cannot stop saying stupid things. It makes no sense, Sean. This makes no sense. Look at how he played this year. His second year under Wink Martindale. Do you know how much money he made himself? Because of yeah. Wink Martindale's scheme. Yeah. And he's not a, listen, I'm not saying he's a system safety. You know what I mean? Like, he's a good player. He's got talent. Like, clearly the Giants think highly of him if they're considering bringing him back. And I do think that it would be a good idea to bring him back. But to go out of your way to trash a guy already out the door for whatever reason, I don't know. Sean, I, I, I just can't get behind that, a guy doing that. Like, you're, 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 you're in your mid to late 20s. Like, Mature, like you're one of the defensive captains of the team. You can't be doing this. And as you said, this isn't the first time that he's trashed a, a coaching staff already out the door. 
like, 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 and here's the, here's the other thing, because there were obviously reports this year that, that Xavier or whatever was happening with the coaching staff, that maybe this had something to do with it. I don't know, but I, it just, it doesn't really make much sense to me to do that right now, especially again, like Wink, Wink's gone and he made you money. Yeah. So keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I, I completely agree, man. So it's just going to be really interesting what they do there. Franchise tag, if they want to use that, is available for McKinney. It's not just like that's a Saquon exclusive thing. Although Joe Shane, I think, kind of hinted that he didn't really want to get involved with the franchise tag at all this year. He said, you know, it's a tool they have, but he saw how it worked out last year with all the controversy. So it be really interesting. Uh, they did let Julian Love, who made a Pro Bowl for Seattle this year, go. And I at the time, I thought they let him go because they didn't want to you know, invest too much at safety, but I, and this is where it comes into who's going to be the defensive coordinator. What style of player are they looking for? They kind of didn't miss a beat letting Julian love walk in terms of maybe early in the season. They did leadership wise, but Pinnock played great late in the year. Dane Belton played great. Uh, I feel good about the depth of safety, but look, if McKinney's back, that's fine, but the Giants shouldn't overpay and be very cautious that he keeps spouting his mouth. All right. I want to get this guy's name, right? because I feel like I screwed up the name uh, on the air on Evan and Tiki. The Giants have acted fast in replacing Bobby Johnson. They hire Carmen Brasillo. I think I said Bracillo on WFM, but Brasillo, the former Raiders offensive line coach, to be their O-line coach. Now, I could do a lot of faking this right now, Bryce. I could come on here and tell you, you know, in the meeting rooms, Carmen Brasillo does this, that, and the other thing. Uh, ba, 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 ba. The truth is, this could be much like baseball and a hitting coach. I, I don't know how much, you know, Brasillo is an upgrade over Bobby Johnson. But what I do know is this. The Giants O-line has been a problem year in and year out for a long time. Bobby Johnson came over from Buffalo. And the Giants had critical pieces, such as John Michael Schmitz this year at center, who had good moments. But overall, I think by the end of the year, didn't develop into you know some kind of top 15 center. I think the Giants hope he will be. Uh, and he has still has plenty of time, right? He was a rookie. Evan Neal has been an unmitigated disaster, despite the fact that he felt like he was can't miss in the draft as far as a tackle prospect. Uh, and, you know, who knows? Josh Azudu now is going to enter year three. I think the Giants kind of screwed him up along the way. The Giants ultimately keep throwing enormous resources, first, second, third round picks on offensive linemen. And yet we are going to enter 2024 year three of Brian Dable's regime with the O-line being still a major question, despite the fact that they one of the three best left tackles in football. This hire has to be right. And the fact that the Giants move so quickly to hire Carmen Brasillo, who does come from a Patriots tree with uh, Dante Skarnickia uh, and under that, I, look, I can only hope this works out. They acted so fast that it better work out because this, you could argue this is the most important positional coach hire the Giants will have. Yeah. I mean, it just it, like looking at it from, from the outside, from like a, from a fan perspective or a media perspective, like we are, it, it, does it concern you really, Sean, that, that they hired someone that fast or, you know, maybe they're just really high. On this well, guy, I'll, like maybe they really think that that was their one, their one guy, and they just went out, got the guy, and then just ended the ended the search. But I don't know how how it looks really, you know, like hiring a guy that quickly. Yeah, well, I'll say this: Chad Forbes, who studies O line really well, you can follow that at, at NFL Draft Bites. He had an interesting tweet about this. I saw it yesterday. Don't think Giants fans realize the realize the upgrade 
that Carmen Brasillo represents. He worked under Alabama's current O-line coach, Eric Wolford, at Youngstown State and Dante Skarnecchia with the Patriots. He did it in caps, an exceptional job with the Raiders O-line in 2023. He's the best O-line coach the Giants have had in years. So, again, people around the league will pay attention to this, feel like this is a big deal. And I I think Dable's a good coach, right? I think Dable and Shane, their collaboration, I trust their instinct, but... You know, I've seen him now. Buttheads with Wink Martindale. He thought Bobby Johnson was a good O-line coach. It's just the Giants can't in two years look back and go, oh, there's more O-line coaching problems. Like at some point, is it the players? Is it the coaching? This better be right because the Giants, and if the Giants get a rookie quarterback in here, they need this to step forward. And, you know, maybe this is more of a sign that Evan Neal will be here at right tackle next year and not guard, like give him one more year with a coach to see if they get it right. But that Evan Neal pick, man, the more you think about where the Giants are right now, think about this. Had they hit on Evan Neal at right tackle, first of all, this entire season could have felt different. Daniel Jones maybe is healthy this year, doesn't take a because he's taken so much of a beating when Andrew Thomas went down. They had no reliable tackle play on either tackle. Even if he doesn't, you know, this year, think about the needs. How many people want the Giants to go O line in round one at tackle? You wouldn't even be thinking that. You could have more people on board with either taking a quarterback or going for the wide receiver thing. Uh, that miss on Evan Neal, if he is a miss, is such an enormous step back for this team. It really is when you boil down their problems and their needs. Yeah, you can't look past that. And and something that I wanted to hit on before when you were talking about, you know, this obviously the the uh, the, the infighting going on with with Dable and and Wink is that these two guys, Shane and Dable, they've looked pretty competent but this you have to remember this is their first go around like this is their first rodeo sean like they've they've never run a team on their own before they've always been the second third or fourth guys on any given team it's not like the giants you know bringing pat Shermer. like it's not like they bring in a guy who's already been a head coach somewhere else or or has head coaching uh you know that's been a head coach anywhere has brian dable even been a head coach on the he wasn't even head coach in the college level he wasn't head coach on the no i no, under understood, understood, and you got to give him. I think, I think. Listen, what I'm going to say is, I think his leash is getting shorter and shorter by the day. The excuses are running out, and they need to figure it out. Put together a a a coaching step that gets along, that doesn't badmouth anyone. Like the culture is there, but this news that that has come out about about Wink Martindale has definitely made it a little bit more questionable the job that they have done, and of course the drafting. Like you gotta hit on this next draft. You have to make the right choice here at number six. Whether you want to trade up for a quarterback, whether you want to take a quarterback at six, whether you want to trade down, whether you want to take Joe Alt, like you have to hit on this because everyone's yeah. gonna look back to the Evan Neal pick and say you can't draft or you can't, you know, yeah. field a, a coaching step that gets along. Even even though some of his draft picks, I think, have been wonderful. I mean, although I, it's so ironic because Evan Neal's been bad. The Azudu pick in the third round is going to kill you. But last year's draft and then the year before, besides those guys, I mean, I, I like a lot of the players that have come out. Now, that leads us right into what is next here, uh, podcast-wise, but what we're going to look ahead to in this giant offseason. There are going to be certain milestone moments in this giant offseason that we are going to have to tackle here as the offseason goes on. What's next? Saquon Barkley, we will enter a second straight offseason with that being a major question. You read, oh, the Giants could be headed for a divorce. I, I don't know. I mean, if Saquon goes out there and doesn't get, you know, the market he's looking for, I, I don't think that's a given. The Giants could also use that tool, the franchise tag. We mentioned Xavier McKinney. What's next for him? But ultimately, I think 
once Dable finishes filling out this coaching staff, hires a defensive coordinator, they get into collaboration, the Giants are going to have $25 million in cap space. Joe Shane has alluded to the fact that they will add a quarterback, whether through draft or through free agency, and especially if Daniel Jones isn't ready to start the year. This is a fascinating offseason, and you mentioned about Dable and the leash getting shorter. I believe what's next for this team, I think that they are going to do their best to get the quarterback they want in the draft. And it will be very interesting, and I think telling on the early days of free agency if that is the route they're going to go. Because the Giants have already allocated money to Daniel Jones, clearly. We keep bringing up this contract. They have Tommy DeVito sitting there, practice squad, third-string quarterback, whatever they think of him, another year development, yada, yada, yada. Man, if the team doesn't take a quarterback or they start free agency by signing, I'm just going to throw random names out there, Jimmy Garoppolo, or they're not going to go Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. I'm just giving you an idea, like the kind of guy that could start right away. That will still cost, even for a year or two years, seven mil, eight mil, something like that on your cap, depending on the way they finagle. Cause that's look at this year, the backup quarterback rate. I don't know if the giants spend that kind of money, even if it doesn't seem like big money, if suddenly they're also going to have quarterback as their priority, not that signing a Jimmy Garoppolo would, would prevent them necessarily from drafting, but that's a lot of money tied up in that. Uh, I think they might, this is why I think trading up is something that this team's going to want to do. I think they're going to want to try to do that before the dra- before free agency. I think that there's a track record of jo- of uh, the Josh Allen trade up a little bit. And I think ultimately, man, the more I thought about this with the leash getting shorter, Dable and Shane may not be here to draft their own guy and trade up for their own guy if they punt on a quarterback this year. If they decide in the draft that they can't pull off a trade or do any of that. Because if they go out there and it's uh, a Daniel Jones, I'm just going to keep saying Garoppolo-Jacoby Brissett collaboration. The team is eh at seven wins. Like they're going to be competitive enough. They're not at the top of the draft again next year. It kind of feels like they're stuck in mud. That leash only gets shorter. And dare I say, maybe things go really bad, right? Like more people spout off and they do get fired. Something like that. Not that I want that to happen. I think they're a good coach and I hope. But we also can't dismiss that. The longer they punt on who their actual quarterback is of the future, the more they tie themselves into Daniel Jones is if he cannot stay healthy and whatnot. You know, the more they're putting themselves in jeopardy, this being at least a three quarterback draft at the top and you guys at six, I I think they're going to work actively to to make a trade here and trade up, Bryce. And if they don't, look, it takes two to tango. That's fine. But I I don't think we could assume, no, 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 they'll wait a year. They may not be here to draft a quarterback if they keep this up. And it makes it that much more annoying that the Giants had to win three games in a row. They had to play into the whole Tommy DeVito thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It it was cool while it lasted. He was going to Bubba Coos Burritos in my hometown in Livingston, making $20,000 in appearance. But what happened from that? Like, Like, look what came from that. The Giants might have to devote valuable resources and assets going forward yeah. just to move up for an uncertainty. They move up. There's you know. no guarantee. But there's that no guarantee going in. There's, there's no and guarantee, but it's six, but it's six. At least you could say, all right, I held on to my assets or well, if Price, you lost those games, Price, what you could be just like, say? I'm at three. I drafted Jaden Daniels. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but no, you got to trade up to three. Price. You got to trade up. It's not ideal. I'm with you. The team wasn't going to lose on purpose, but also you say, oh, at least if you had six, you held on to your assets. You know what? Look at the Evan Neal draft. They freaking whiffed on Evan Neal, maybe. So if you just, but if you just sit there and take it six, you could whiff on that pick too. 
You know, this idea of just right. take O-line. Right. Well, how many times you whiff on O-linemen anyway? So I'd say it's no, much I, worse to trade up and whiff on a guy giving up multiple assets up Shane, when he whiffs. Shane went and scouted all these quarterbacks, okay? I'm not telling. Of course, he could miss on any one of them. I have to trust that the general manager knows the guys he wants inside and out. And ultimately, I, I mean, it's going to come up on the 20-year anniversary. Guess what? Trading assets and a first-round pick the following year for Eli Manning yeah. worked out pretty well. You know, there is this world where teams trade up for quarterbacks, and it works out just fine for them, too. So I, I know we're in class. This is full. it, Sean. Like, this is, this is their first ever chance. At drafting, Bryce, drafting a quarterback. Bryce, you know, all the giant fans that are scared about this, let me ask you something once and for all. You know, at some point in the next three or four years, unless you think Daniel Jones suddenly is going to turn into an Iron Man and, and on top of that, take the next step, the Giants are going to have to do this in a draft. Because if they're bad enough to be picking one or two overall, the regime ain't going to be here anyway. So, again, what? Uh, you know, how many years you want to keep sputtering here? You're going to have to take a swing. you got you're going to have to take a swing. And when they had the sixth overall pick and took Daniel Jones, how many people reacted and said, well, he's not worthy of the sixth overall pick, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's hey, what happens it? when you're picking in that regime and you don't move up. Go move up and get the guy I you guess. want. Again, it's going to take two teams to tango. I hope the Bears love Justin Fields and the Giants. Look, Giants train up the number one overall. I mean, I will be extremely giddy, but we'll see, man. It's going to be a long offseason. We will be able to tackle it all, Bryce Gelman, and we're going to take one giant step through it all, pal. How about that? Amen. Amen. Let's do it. All right, at Bryce Gelman on Twitter, at Sean Morash on Twitter. Remember, catch me on Evan and Tiki every day, WFAN, free on the Odyssey app, 22620. Uh, and again, keep downloading, subscribing. If you're subscribed, you'll see every time one of these off-season pods jump, uh, drop from one giant step. Thank you all our listeners, and thank you for taking one giant step with us.